0: Well, markets are bullish, Mike. We are finding buying this week after a major sell-off in the soybeans last week. A USDA report, uh, which was prospective plantings, came out uh, very bullish for corn, bearish for uh, for beans. And where do we go from here? What's the next step in the uh, in the evolution of these markets? Because Sure as heck seems like we've got some more upside coming.
1: Yeah. And then on top of it, you also had the crop progress report. Winter wheat, good, excellent, down to 30%. Yeah, that's like historically low, right? Yeah, since the be- 1986, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, you're really looking at how tight can this world grain stocks number get. And while the bean number was bearish and with this whole – bird flu going on and seeing reductions in hog herds and reductions in cattle herds and everything in between there's a lot of bearishness that could be in the mix here for beans and then you also see things like China picking up a huge purchase but beans even if they do paint a bearish picture here and long term you got the substitute market which is going to be the feed market and it's very well keen can keep it lifted right. along with the corn and wheat at this time so the main focus is what kind of tightness are we going to see corn and wheat wise
0: well we've seen we've seen very good export demand uh in those in those beans we've seen i mean we can't even keep up to what the usda is expecting for crush at this point and and we're crushing at record levels so i mean the demand for beans is is readily available Okay, we add 4 million, 4 million acres. Was, was that, Is that what it was? Uh, 4 million, 3 million, something like that? Yeah, something like that. It was, it um, was 90.995 or
1: something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: so we're at 91 million acres of, of beans. And it's if that demand center keeps up, maybe we we get a few more... A few more purchases of bean oil because of the situation in Ukraine uh, with their sunflower oil maybe lacking. Um, I mean, where are we at on that? They're, they're starting to plant. They're planting sun, sunflower seeds. Are they planting spring wheat now,
1: or are they past that? They, as of, which is very far and few between reports that we actually see, they were planting, and I think they were like 10% ahead of normal for plantings. But at the same time, they're looking at it, based on their numbers from the Ag Minister over there in Ukraine, they're looking at about a 56% cut. Yeah, that's huge. So it's really, we can look at all the numbers we want, but as trade is clearly showing with this good upwards movement here to start the week, um, but reluctance to really do a whole lot and reluctance to see it large volume into the mix and you saw funds coming here and liquidate positions as of the last commitment shares report it's something that we're being very cautious here because not only do you have the whole fundamental story and the whole tightening story but then on top of it you also have the other side of things which is okay now we got interest rates that are rising we got a potential recession looming we have all this so mm-hmm. do i need to have my money in the market or do I need a big enough cushion to help against any potential margin calls that may coming in the mix and right. money flow issues? So there's just so much going on right now, whether it be inputs with fertilizer prices, potash prices, all that just through the roof and not sure if we're going to be able to supply the world with all of it in mm. the upcoming year, or whether it be... That even with trend line yields, we're looking at a very tight situation for new crop corn. And any kind of hint of a problem really makes that extremely tight and really gets just the craziness going with it. So mm-hmm. there's so much looming here that it seems like trade is just almost panic stricken by what potentials could come about.
0: Well, and that's why I guess what's one of the reasons we see such volatility in these markets. I mean, where were we today at the at the close? I mean, today being Tuesday, uh, wheat was what thirty ish, forty ish off of the overnight highs. Um, I mean, you could probably make the case that we didn't necessarily have any reason to be up as <laughs> as high as we were. Uh, that's kind of an overreaction on the uh, the uh, conditions report, but still. It, you know you take away even if if ukraine is down 50 60% on their production this year they're also struggling to get crop out of the country you know odessa the major port that they have is shut down no no company is going to to be able to get insured to take a vessel in there to even bring anything out so they're they're forced to rail out and they don't rail at anywhere near the same same speed that they do when they ship it uh, via you know the the sea or whatever it is. so it just seems like there's there's quite a bit of unknown and but with that unknown upside potential. And then you start to talk about our own backyard, and we talk about you know we Drew just sent out a, an email yesterday talking about the the spring and summer forecast has not changed. He is still he's still on the uh, on team drought, and that should be a little bit concerning. And we've talked about this before, and I know I talk about this with my with my customers all the time. You don't actually have to have a crop failure or even tr- truthfully you don't even have to have a drought for the markets to price that in. I mean look at the look at the production that we had last year, look at the yields that we had last year. We had a hell of a year, but a lot of the western corn belt from essentially North Dakota all the way down to Kansas was dry as a bone and parts of Iowa saw, you know, extreme dryness, Minnesota and it it really did impact their their yields. But overall, nationwide yields were up. So just because that area has an issue doesn't mean we're necessarily going to have a failure. So it does kind of lend to the idea that while we do have some higher prices ahead of us, you can't forget that there's marketing to be done,
1: right? Yes and no. There's, I mean, always, there's always marketing to be done. But what to specifically do at these levels is very questionable because it does come back into play. If we have all these inputs elevated and stay mm-hmm. elevated going forward, where does that put your break even for next year? Mm-hmm. And where you lock these things in? Where is the price now? Are you locking in a loss? Are you locking in a profit? What happens? Because, I mean, back in 2012 at the high, you had the D- December 23 contract get up to 665 before finishing the – and expiring the contract down near 420. So it's something that definitely needs to be watched, but it's also something that needs to be very cautious right now, whether or not you have an opportunity to lock in inputs for long-term. Is that the best idea right now? And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different decisions. And on on top of it, what are you doing with your operating loans? Are those going to get more expensive? Are you going to be paying higher interest in that? And should you be potentially looking at hedging your interest rates? and all of that, so you just have a lot to be focused on, and it's a lot broader than just where are the crane s- sitting. at.
0: Right there was a there was a tweet out uh, at one point this morning that uh, uh, Vilsack had said that they were not going to seek uh, releasing those uh, CRP acres. Um, similar to what U- uh, Europe was doing, where they were going to release all these uh, protected acres so that they could be planted to to cover up some of the loss. Um, so the U.S. is not going to do that at this at this time, according to what we've heard. But then you also have them talking about, you know, and I don't know who, who brought this up or where it came from, but there was conversation about, the USDA or even the U.S. government in general is not going to uh, provide assistance to producers uh, to help with the extreme fertilizer costs. I mean, inputs as a whole are up ridiculously, but the fertilizer situation is is a massive issue. That's another reason why, you know, if you were to bring out acres from CRP at these input prices, and you're talking about marginal land at best in most cases, you have to use fertilizer. And, and that's still not even a guarantee that you're going to have you know, great yields off of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you cut back on your fertilizer, uh, you cut back on inputs, you're not looking at trend line yields your, or your APH or anything like that. So. There's a lot of risk out there if you don't uh, if you don't spend all the money, and that's one of the reasons I think we saw a massive cut in the uh, in the
1: corn acres this year. You know, yeah. four million is a is a hell of a cut. One hundred percent, and to see beans above corn as well, I mean, it's it definitely goes to show what kind of impact we're sitting with right now with input costs. And like what the EU did, they opened up the land, and they also gave money to help fund. Yeah, they incentivized it, yeah. yeah. So they're hitting with the one-two punch here with the, no, we're not releasing CRP and we're not helping out with fertilizer costs. So it does seem like they're going to go that route, but going that route and preventing more grain being produced, you really got to question how tight is this world number going to get with everything that's going on. you got two major exporters that are currently taken offline, Mm-hmm. you've got a potential for dryness over here you got a reduced planting of major major crop
0: well and and there there are countries out there and we've seen it uh, in the headlines here recently with the uh, argentina talking about a a, a grain transporters uh, uh strike um and they're they're struggling right now with uh, a lack of fuel you know most of their most of their Uh, Transportation of grain is done via truck, so if they can't get diesel fuel, that puts a stop to everything. It's got to be similar in in Brazil, I I would think, and both of those countries are dealing with fifty plus percent inflation. So you know, we look at the pump and we say, "Oh shoot, it's you know four fifty or four twenty for." Uh, for a gallon of gas and diesel is what three fifty, three eighty, something like that, and they're paying triple that. Essentially, it's there's going to be some issues, and and it's not nothing is going to get resolved right away. But then again, you mentioned the recession, and I've I've talked about that before too. The recession is a major, um, could be a major issue. But when does it start? When does it hit?
1: Yeah, because it's. It's a world problem at this point. It's yeah, not, it's not domestic. It's it's not gonna be fixed by one little thing being adjusted. It's a world issue, and I don't see a lot of great outcomes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that that uh, Farm Credit Services um, special report that they had done the the other day. I think it it's still available today. Today might be the last day, but the potential for the for the world food shortage uh, or crisis, and I mean it is it it is not the way you want to see things go to get your higher prices. You know, obviously we're going to take the higher prices. That's the way it is. But it's it is really it it's it's going to bankrupt more people than than help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Money-wise, the situation is not good, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And Like we talked about, something to really be paying attention to is just more so outside of only the grains. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with your fuel needs? Where are you hedged up? What are you doing with your interest rates because you have operating loans? And what's the more macro-based solution for what you have farm-wise besides just the one input? How do you go about making sure that you're protecting... Really, at this point, just money, right yeah keeping you in operation year after year, so a lot of questions to be answered, a lot of really digging into the numbers for a lot of people,
0: yeah, and we've got a lot going on uh around here um you know we just came off this u s d a report last uh uh last Thursday we've got another one coming up Friday is the uh the wazdi report for the month of April seems a little bit earlier this uh this month usually the eighth is uh, that's the earliest I can remember we've ever had one um but uh, we've got some stuff uh, coming up that uh, everybody should be uh, should be looking out for. Snapshot, the monthly uh, report uh, ahead of that uh, that WASD report is uh, will be released on Wednesday of this week. Uh, what else do we have? Um, we've got USDA uh, export report uh, on Thursday. The WASD report at eleven o'clock Central Time on uh, Friday, and then uh, we're gonna make some changes to the uh, to the podcast here. What do we – I mean, we don't want to give everything away, but we've got some some fun stuff uh, maybe uh, uh, in the works. I think we're going to – we've got some – we'll say music. That's about all I want to give away.
1: Yeah, we'll just leave it at that hey. mid-sentence. <laughs> so, we're good at that. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So if you guys need anything in the meantime, we will be off next week. Give us a call here at 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538 or – on the web at allendale-inc.com but for this week for Allendale Market Talk this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off you guys have a great one